welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today you have the great opportunity of getting to hear Dr. Rick talk about parent coaching and counseling with our teams that represent our parent coaching teams. We have so much great work that's happening through parent coaching and counseling, and it really surrounds surviving the chaos of this holiday season. We know when parents can stay grounded, present, and regulated, they can help their children do the same. And this is the kind of guidance and instruction that's practiced daily by our parent coaching and counseling teams. And maybe today, as you listen to this, maybe you're someone that says, you know what, I might not need this, but I know others that do need this. And at Lifeline, we don't want to just help families come together. We want to help them thrive. Maybe you want to invest by giving a financial gift to Lifeline. And when you do so, you are helping families thrive in the midst of joys and challenges. You can visit lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one dash life. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one dash life or see the link in our show notes that will take you directly to a place where you'll be able to give and donate. And so now we're grateful to join the venerable Dr. Rick as he talks about counseling and parent coaching. All right. Well, I have the distinct pleasure again of uh, having a chance to, to have a conversation with with my friend Angela Maines. Um, if you listen to the Defender podcast on a regular basis, you know Angela. She is our clinical director and um, supervises all things counseling and parent coaching and um, is uh, just an amazing part of our team. And I'm very thankful for her and uh, and glad that I get to work with her on a daily basis. So um, but today we're going to talk, spend some time talking about um, <laughs> what sounds like a cheery holiday subject, surviving the holidays. Um, but those of us that know that have kids that have come from hard places um, that, you know, sometimes uh, the holidays feel like an extra special challenge and uh and sometimes they feel like a little bit that we're tying a knot in the end of our rope and just trying to hang on uh until you know until school goes back in or we get back into a routine or whatever that is and so um so we're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about that and and just trying to understand how maybe hey and maybe maybe actually we can talk about how we can thrive a little bit in the holidays and not just it's not just about hanging on and surviving so angela welcome um, also, let me say before we start that we're going to do a two-part uh, podcast for this. And so you'll get part one today. You'll get part two next week. Um, and, you know, right here as we kind of round the corner into the Thanksgiving holidays and start the downhill run to school being, at, being out, this is a really good opportunity. So sorry I cut you off, but welcome. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And it and it is hard. It's hard because it's like these holidays they're the time of year we used to look forward to. And especially as a kid, you're like, there's no structure. And even as a parent, it's like, oh, this is great. We can kind of let our hair down and not have to be on everything all the time and so scheduled out. But the unfortunate reality is that's so unnerving for a lot of our kiddos. And then that chaos just ensues and it creates this really challenging holiday season that you're like, I'm supposed to be like loving this. This is supposed to be happy and fun. And I want to create these great memories for my kids. But that is not what's happening. 
I've told the story before. You've heard it. We've laughed over it. I am the dad that melted down in the middle of Disney World and said, you know, this is the happiest place on earth and doggone it right now. Everybody in this family is going to get happy. And <laughs> and so, you know, and I, but I think that's, that's honestly reflective of, of some of what, you know, some of what we experience over the holidays um, when, when we've got some extra special challenges in our families and, uh, and, and maybe, you know, that kind of segues really well into the first, you know, first topic for us to talk about, and that is expectations. Um, and and how much our expectations drive, um, you know, drive what happens in, um, you know, in how we negotiate the holidays with our kids. And so maybe, yeah. you know, maybe just kind of talk through a little bit of um, setting proper expectations, having proper expectations for our kids, but also having proper expectations for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think today we're focusing more on kind of how can we as parents kind of stay grounded and stay connected to ourselves during the holidays? Um, and it does. There is that balance between having those expectations in your mind of if I have this expectation that we're going to look like this Hallmark movie or, you know, this Christmas card or uh, and everything's going to be picture perfect, then there's a good chance you're probably going to be disappointed. Um, and so I think that is a huge part of figuring out how do I set these realistic expectations? How do I have enough grace um, and willingness to just own the mistakes, own the the find humor in the, the chaos um, and enjoy whatever does happen versus this picture of what should be? Um, I think we put a lot of shoulds on ourselves as parents and I should be doing this or I should be doing that or whatever that is. Um, and so, you know, a, a big part of it is everybody has a different age of kid. And a lot of times there's a mixture of ages in the mm -hmm. home. And so the age of your kid, the, the intellectual capabilities of kids, like all of that stuff comes into play as you're setting expectations and everybody's expectations are going to look different as to what their family is capable of and, and able to do and enjoy. So if you think that there's going to be some magical fairy dust that comes over your family at the holiday and they're suddenly going to be different than what they are on a normal basis, like yeah. you're, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But what is realistic for you as a parent? Like if you have like, we're going to be making cookies on this day and we're all going to decorate the tree on this day and those types of things are just not realistic for your family. Like we might need to rethink what that looks like. Wait, you're so what you're telling me is, is that we will not be a Hallmark film <laughs> and you know, no, but, but I, and I joke might be more like a lifetime movie. Right. right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. As long, as long as it didn't turn into a Halloween film, there you go. Uh, we're probably good. But, I, but I think, you know, really, I think there is, you know, that's almost one of those death of a dream kind of things that that you have to sort of work through and, um, you know, and, and and grieve and put to bed is the idea that you're not going to recreate your childhood Christmas. You're not going to you know, you're not going to fulfill the the ideal of the Southern Living magazine or whatever it is that you're trying to pursue. Like it it's yeah. it's not it's not probably going to be that Um but not being that doesn't mean that it's bad. That's right. That's right. It's like finding those glimmers, right? The nuggets of joy in the midst of the chaos, the humor and the things that go wrong as much as the ones that go right. And just staying connected, you know, like staying connected both to yourself 
and to, to God, that, that ultimate anchor in the midst of the storm and the chaos, but being able to see yeah. and enjoy what does happen, even when it's not what we maybe had hoped it could be. So let's take on another, you know, kind of another maybe difficult topic. And that is, um, as our schedules change mm-hmm. over the holidays, one of the, one of the realities is and maybe a lot of people don't actually want to talk about this, but, um, but the fact is that we get we get an extra special dose of our kiddos during the holidays. Yeah. And so relief periods that we have relied on, like mm-hmm. kids going to school for, you know, eight hours or, um, you know, sports practices or whatever that's a part of your routine that kind of gives you um, the the relief from not having to be the primary in your child's life, those things go away. Um, and it's, and it's really hard. Not only are you trying to adjust to another rhythm, it's really hard to find rest in the midst of that. And because I think a, a lot of us as parents find ourselves that that's when we're catching up. Mm-hmm. That's when we're resting. That's even if not physically resting, that's when we're kind of resting mentally. So, you know, what, are, what's some advice about how you find rest in a time yeah. where you're getting a pretty intensive dose of, all of it. Rest is definitely something that you might have to be creative about, and we might need to define what is rest. (laughs) You know, so you laugh. (laughs) That's a knowing laugh. You know, rest may not always look like what we thought it would. And I mean, parenting in general, especially when kids are young, it's they require everything. Yeah. So rest might mean trading off with your spouse and maybe you can go to the library and sit in a quiet room at the library for an hour. It doesn't require any money um, or a coffee shop or somewhere that you can go Mm -hmm. and retreat. Maybe it's your spouse takes over and you're allowed to take a nap Mm -hmm. and then you trade off, right? Like you're helping alleviate that burden for each other when you need a minute. Um, And it's knowing how to talk and communicate what you need, Mm -hmm. right? Like not, not being ashamed of the fact that you do need a minute to have a timeout. Sometimes rest might look like, I know this is probably going to sound terrible coming from me, but like might look like letting your kids watch a movie while you all lay there and kind of <gasps> chill. You know, the screens are definitely, we're not big proponents of letting the, the screens babysit your child, but they're not evil. Like yeah. there's, there's moments of rest that can come from that family connectedness of taking a time out, watching something together or letting your kids watch something while you take a breather in the kitchen. You know, so that there, it's trying to be creative and trying to figure out how do I help give myself moments of rest? Maybe it's, again, some of this, I feel like as I say it, I hesitate because I don't want to create this like, well, I can't get my kids to do that. So obviously I'm failing, but maybe right. you have family reading time and everybody reads a book quietly to themselves. That doesn't work in every family and right. that's okay too. But finding those moments where you can really be creative about what rest is and how to allow yourself just to have a moment to be able to breathe. Yeah. And I think that's important to say, you know, we're not always talking about physical rest. Sometimes we're talking about just mental rest. And, and so, you know, being able to get away from the demands of the fact that you have to be on, um, and, and that, that you, you know, like you have to be attentive and watching and, and present at a level that you're not maybe used to being all day, every day. Yeah. Um, and, and so trading off with your spouse is, you know, can be a real thing, even if you can't go take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> just the fact that you don't have to be the one who's, you know, who's uh, connecting, empowering and correcting in the yeah. midst of, you know, the moment or whatever. And, um, you know, dealing with the, the stress of that. And so absolutely, I think that's a that's a great word. Well, well, and, and you could yeah. you could find rest in taking a walk. You know, and that is getting you active and allowing you to maybe have the brain space to process. Yep. So it's like you said, it's it's different. It maybe creativity. Maybe you're somebody who enjoys painting or creating and crafting something. Yeah. You know, so rest can just take a lot of different forms. And we have to remember, like you said, that we're not just physical beings, but we're spiritual, mm -hmm. we're emotional. Like we have mm -hmm. all different aspects of our human and personhood that need rest. Yeah. And I think, you know, even saying something about that, about taking a walk, I mean, don't don't discount the fact that doing some things to be physically active also has, you know, a pretty significant physiological benefit. And Absolutely. so those endorphins are uh, are pretty powerful and sometimes really needed. Absolutely. And, and the bilateral you know, movement helps your brain process as you think. So oh, wow. Like, we just went really we just deep went, there, folks. I know. <laughs> bilateral. We're in the, that'll be in the show notes. There you go. In case you're wondering. It actually won't. But you can go Google it and find out how really intelligent Angela really is. Um, but I so. OK, so. In the midst of all this, mm -hmm. um, I think if, you know, if we're just being honest in in living under the pressure of um, all of this, that, you know, one of the things that's probably the easiest to let slide and and one of the places that it may be the hardest to go, you know, in all this is to the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so and I think, you know, it can be that under the stress of this, we find ourselves being a lot like Adam and Eve and going hiding from the Lord as opposed to, you know, as opposed to seeking him out. Um, I think also it just the, the the fatigue and the time demands and all the things that, you know, that are added on top that it's it's easy to let, you know, let that time wane. What yeah. like what do you say to a mom or dad that's listening and, you know, about their time with the Lord during, you know, during the holidays? Well, first and foremost, like you may not have an hour to sit down and do a Beth Moore Bible study. Like that's probably unrealistic. In the <laughs> with your children. With do your a, children. That's do right. Do a Beth Moore Bible study with your children. That's the video you show. Everybody gets workbook. Awesome. There you go. I mean, I love them. I love the Beth Moore Bible studies, but I've had to give myself a lot of grace. We love Beth too. We do. Let's we just, love Beth okay. Moore. Right. Like she's fabulous. Um, <laughs> But there's a season, right? Like there's seasons of life where that's realistic and you can do that. And there are seasons where it's not. Yeah. And so my first thing would be just don't beat yourself up if you're not able to sit down and spend an hour journaling or in a quiet time with the Lord. Like, that's OK. Like, this is a season. If you've got five minutes to ground yourself and to, to read a verse or two, if you have a verse that you want to put on the refrigerator that you're trying to just keep on your mind that you're meditating on all day long. Or as a young college student, I used to write verses on my wrist, right? So I'd have it there <laughs> and I'm running around camp, like, but I have a verse that I'm right. like, okay, God, I'm trying to keep this present yeah. in my, it's good. in my frame or whatever you have to do. Like, that's okay. It's like, write it on the door frames, right? Yeah. Like write it, put it everywhere, put, write it wherever you need to. Um, or it's spending time like praying in your spirit, you don't have to sit down to pray. Like you don't have to go into your prayer closet. You can be praying in your spirit as you go throughout your day. Like, God, I need you right now. Yeah. I need strength. I need 
help me to, to, to see my kids and help me to stay calm. Whatever that is, those short, simple prayers of God, I'm going to give you this moment. This is, I don't know what to do right now, but I know that you're bigger than this. Yeah. Like in just kind of acknowledging him throughout your day in those little ways. That's amazing. You know, you think about that whole, um, you know, the, the spirit interpreting the groanings of our hearts and, yeah. you know, and, and I think realizing that, that the Lord knows what we're saying, even when we can't make words. Yes. Um, but, the, but the, the whole implication of all that is, is that our mind is on him, right? that we're, that we're leaning into him. And I think one of the, you know, just one of the things you, you, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to remember. It's easy to forget mm-hmm. that leaning into the Lord in the midst of those times when you can't make words because you're, because you're that dysregulated at that right. point. It's not your child. It's you. Yeah. Your lid is flipped. Right. You yes. know, and, and, and you're, you're kind of having trouble, um, putting it all together. Yeah. The, the fact is like, where, where, where do you, where do you consciously take your mind at that point? And right. consciously taking your mind to say, God understands, God knows, God knew this moment was going to happen before the world was ever formed. And right. and so he's, and he's here and he's with me and he's for me and, um, you know, yeah. and, and he's, he's present in the midst of it. And, 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 and again, um, that's, that's hard to do. Um, I would, I would throw in mm-hmm. having, you know, ha- like having other people come that, that are faithful to come around you and remind you of that. That's right. Even when you don't want to be reminded of it. Yeah. Um, you know, even when, when you're, when you're sitting in the middle of your own pity party, when you're, you know, when, when, when your lids flipped and, but, but but people that will draw you back, um, are, you know, just incredibly helpful and, and probably, you know, I would think we would acknowledge that the person that, that we would hope is the person that's able to do that the most for us is our spouse. Yeah, and absolutely. you know, and so, um, but <laughs> well, and this is where this is where I love Psalms, right? Yeah. Like because we really get to watch David really wrestle, and all of the other writers that contributed, like you, they wrestle with their emotions and they're honest with God about how they're feeling. I think we feel like we're supposed to feel rightly in the church, mm-hmm. and we're not. Like all of our emotions were God given, not just the ones that are more comfortable. Yeah. And so we don't have to be ashamed of what we're feeling in the moment. When you're like, my kids drive me crazy, God. I'm not sure why I did this. Why mm-hmm. did I adopt this kid? Mm-hmm. And and that that moment of shame of like, how in the world could I think or feel that? Like God sees. Yeah. And God can handle it. And it's okay. And at the end of almost every psalm, not all of them, but a lot of them, you see David come to a place of submission. Right. All right, God, here it is. This is what I got. This is my offering, and it's not pretty. Right. (laughs) But it's it's yours. It's just true. It's just honest. And, you know, um, part of the honesty is also saying that, you know, we, we rely on one another as husband and wife in yes. a time like this, but we also can, you know, sort of under the stress of it, get at each other a little bit, yeah. um, you know, during this time. And, and it is, it is one of those things. It's a part of our sin nature that we tend to, you know, we tend to lash out at those that we're the most comfortable with and the people that we're, you know, that we're the closest to. And, and so, um, 
like how, you know, how would you advise couples that are trying to walk through this and support one another um, with communication, other things, other tools that, you know, that they need to, to focus on and, and, and like, what would you say about how to, how to do this well together in the midst of what's a, you know, pretty stressful environment? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, it's a great question. And I think, you know, realizing like most families have a pretty good idea of what's going to be hard for their kids or for themselves during Mm -hmm. a break, whether that's Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever holiday we're talking about. So I would, I would encourage people to sit down and talk about it beforehand. Right. Like while your kids are still in school, before the break starts, before you're they're with you 24 seven and you can't communicate as well or as openly because of little ears, take some time to really sit down and talk through, hey, what's going to be hard this break? What are you worried about? What am I worried about? Like, what are the things that we can begin to listen here? You know, we go back to the Connected Families framework all the time, right? Like being safe with each other to be able to communicate what needs to be communicated honestly and openly and making sure that each other knows that they're loved no matter what, but then also feeling and reminding each other of, hey, we're called and capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we're the the adults. We're responsible, right? So it's like, it all comes back. (laughs) I know you're (laughs) laughing at me, but it really works well in so many different places. But like, how can we sit down then? And part of being responsible is making a really good problem-solving plan ahead of time. Part of being called and capable is like, where are we going to need to ask for help? Where are those moments that are going to be tougher? What times of day Mm -hmm. are going to be harder? And, And having a little bit of a game plan before your kids are with you all the time. Yep. That that could go a long way to head off the problems before they even begin. It's not going to solve everything. So but it's a start. We we may talk about a little bit of this in in the second episode, but let's hit it now right now. I, I think, you know, one of the other things is having having a plan about all those other people in your family that you're going to be around. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and and that and that as much as as much as we talk about being on the same page and what we're going to do together as a couple, um, there is that there is that tacit pressure that comes from the expectations of, you know, grandma and grandpa and aunt so and so and whatever and the circumstances that we're going to be in and and what their expectations are for us and and how that changes things and so yeah. we can we can understand and empathize for our kids we can be prepared for it ourselves but when you introduce that in Oh, it's a whole, it, it's just like, it can be so explosive because it's like, we feel like we're adults and we've grown up and we've like gotten to this place of being fairly capable and competent. And then suddenly we're back home and we feel like that little kid again, falling into the same relational patterns with our families. Yeah. And then with the additional responsibility of now I've got this kid here too, that I'm trying to protect, but I feel whatever way, fill in the blank because of all the relational pressure right. and things coming at it. Plus then the pressure being put on the child and then out of schedule, out of routine, child melts down and it's like, well, everybody now thinks I'm a terrible parent. Like it, it's somehow it's the cycle and the spiral that I think almost everybody goes through at some point. Yep. So absolutely. Like when you're game planning, I think you have to game plan for what is going to be in the best interest of our family yep. and committing ahead of time to we're going to do this particular family event, but we're not going to do this one. That's not going to be 
in the best interest of our family for whatever reason, whether that's for you, for dad, like you don't have to tell your family why you can use your kiddo as an excuse. Like, yeah. Hey, like we realize this is going to be too much for our family. So this is what we were able to participate in this year and we're not going to be able to do the rest and, and being okay with like, Hey, they may not be all, they may not like that, but being confident that I'm doing what is in the best interest of my family, even if that's taking care of me as mom or as dad, whoever it is, like like considering everybody's needs in the midst mm -hmm. of that and being okay with stepping out of certain family gatherings that aren't going to be helpful or we're going to leave by this time because we know little Johnny's going to melt down if we stay until an hour later. That's the witching hour and he turns into a pumpkin, yep. you know, like. Yep. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to the child. It's not worth it to the family. And nobody's enjoying themselves at that point. Well, and and you and you have to understand on some level, right? That that happiness, joy, joy, satisfaction, all those things are all like those are all personal decisions at some point. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and and so, um, you know how how much less joyful and satisfied are those people going to be? that that are you know when we say we have to leave or we can't do something or we can't bend our schedule how, how like what what's it what's it going to be like if we're there yes and we're there in the middle of a meltdown or we're there in you know in the midst of um you know some of the some of the things that that we deal with when our kids get yeah. overstimulated or whatever and um and and so the truth is that they're, you know, they're being happy or they're being satisfied or they're finding joy in that is, is not, that's not on you. That's right. It's on them. And, you know, like kind of what you're implying, like you can only do so much to yep. please the people in your world. And there are only, there's only so much you can do to prevent or you can't change the rest of your family. Like there's going to be those things that happen yeah. that are out of your control. And so one funny way that I will talk to people, not necessarily about adoption stuff specific, but when you go back into those families of origin, you're in those settings, it's like you can almost, it's like clockwork, right? Yep. Certain people are going to do certain things that you're like, okay. So uh, sometimes it could be a funny thing to do with your spouse, but create a bingo card, yeah, right? So, okay, we know little Johnny's going to melt down or like grandma's going to want to kiss and he's going to run away screaming, like whatever it is, like find some humor in it, right? Like make yourself a little bingo card. And so when those very predictable things happen, whether it's with your kids or with your family or your parents that you just can't predict, you can't, or you can predict, but you can't control when you can't intervene and stop it, make yourself a little bingo card and you guys can have a little like private conversation, you and your, and your spouse about, Hey, this is what, Oh, I got bingo. Like, <laughs> You could have some fun predicting what those will be, too. I can say that I've truly never had a family bingo card, although it's a great idea. <laughs> but I have had a chapel bingo card in school. There you go. So, yeah. So I totally understand. Like, yes, absolutely do that um, or something like that. Because, yeah, it does. It takes a little bit of the a little bit of the pinch and a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of the difficulty out of that. And and it helps you to be able to find a little bit of humor. That's right. In the midst of what doesn't sometimes seem really funny. Yes. Um, you know, in the midst of it, I would also encourage you to hide those bingo cards. <laughs> yes. So that um, they're not found out by the people who are on them. 
Absolutely. Um, or use code as you're writing. That's about. right. That's right. Put them on your phone or something where it's <laughs> password protected. Why are you Why are you wearing a decoder ring? Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Angela, we're um, yeah, we're going to come back and get at this in the next episode. But um, thanks. We're off to a great run and start and, uh, you know, feel like that we're getting better prepared for the holidays all um you know, all along the way by the, you know, by the moment. So, um, we, um, encourage you to, um, you know, have these kind of conversations among yourselves and, um, think about, um, you know, like how you're going to, how you're going to handle, um, you know, some of these moments. Um, but we're going to come back and talk about them on our next episode. And so join us here next week on the Defender Podcast, where we will continue to talk about how we not only survive, but maybe how we thrive um, during the holidays. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.